Hi, ladies and gentlemen, another day and another episode of Finance with Fernando. I am your host, Fernando John DeCunha, aka The Mortgage Maverick. Please follow me on Facebook at Fernando John DeCunha and via Instagram at Mortgage Maverick, which is M-O-R-T-G-A-G-E-M-A-V-E-R-I-C-K. Today is episode 14. Sorry for the delay in getting to this episode. It's been somewhat of a crazy summer with a ton of business closing and being originated. And um, unfortunately, I am a one-man show right now, so (laughs) I didn't have a crew to help me get this published. But um, today's episode is actually somewhat of a personal topic. Uh, It does have to do with business, um, but it's kind of my opinion based on um, how I am compensated. So Today's episode discusses me living off of a commission uh, compensation. So I thought it was interesting because a lot of my clients, um, they always inquire whenever I'm doing a loan for them or, you know, in some way, shape or form, how I'm compensated. Do they pay for me? Um, Does my employer pay for me? Do discount points have anything to do with my compensation? And it's always a good question. I commend them for asking um, because... You do have to be not only inquisitive, but also somewhat aggressive when asking someone how they're paid. Um, but it's important, right? Because just like other professionals, uh, I am compensated based on the work that I do, um, not the hourly wage or a salary, which a lot of clients do think that's how I receive compensation. So um, I am paid via commission when a loan closes. So um, similar to a real estate attorney or any ter- any attorney for that matter, um, outside of attorneys that obtain a retainer for their work um, or a real estate agent or a title agent, um, I am compensated uh, by closing a loan and when everything is done and the dust settles, um, I'm actually paid the following month. So um, why is this important? Why is this a topic for my podcast? Well, I think it's somewhat intriguing and it's changed the way I live uh, as far as bills are concerned, how I save, and that's why I wanted to make a topic of it. So um, I think the biggest thing is what I just mentioned on the timing of my pay. So uh, it's currently July. Let's say one of my clients closed a loan in July. I am actually not compensated by my employer until the end of next month. So I am paid one commission check per month the month following a closing. Um, So what's interesting about that? Well, the interesting part is is that any work that I do, let's say I started working with a client in April of this year and they didn't close until July, all of the communication, all the numbers, the calculations, the paperwork, um, talking to other professionals during the process, all of that is not, I'm not compensated for that until essentially if they close in July, Uh, the end of August. So um, you could see working with a client, there has to be a ton of patience because certain clients need more attention than others. So um, some are more educated, some are less educated regarding the process. And um, it's funny because some loans that I originate for a client, I'll actually break down into like my hourly wage. And sometimes it's, it's like hilarious because you know, I'll make less than like a dollar an hour, (laughs) you know, depending on how much work I have to put into this situation. But that, that comes with the territory, right? It's the name of the game. 
Um, I don't really look at my compensation. So, you know, early in my career eight years ago, what what I would do is, is when I close a loan, it would be exciting. I would look at what my commission, you know, is or was, and I would kind of figure out how much I would be getting paid the next month. And you could kind of live that month based on what you're going to be paid the following month, you know. In um, my situation now is uh, a lot of colleagues actually kind of make a joke of it because they'll ask me like, oh, what you close for the month or, you know, um, you know, how many purchases did you close? How many refinances did you close? Did you do any home equity lines? And they ask me about all these numbers. And to be honest with you, and this is what's interesting about this topic, I don't pay attention. And the reason why I don't pay attention is because it's out of my hands. It's something I can't control. Um, if a client is cleared to close on the mortgage side, but the seller has problems closing because there's title issues or, you know, they can't get a moving truck for the day that they're supposed to close or, you know, whatever the situation may be, it's out of my hands. So I don't really bank on the money. And what I mean by that is, is I, I have to live well below my means. Um, being that I'm under a commission pay structure, uh, to make sure that I don't get in trouble with bills. You know, I, I don't want to set a specific bar for myself in which I have to make a certain amount of money to make sure I could survive from one month to another. So um, that's the interesting part because there's there's a lesson to be learned, I think, from this, this episode. Um, no matter how much money you make, you really have to pay attention to what will happen if you don't make that much money, you know? So some months I can make, you know, a ton of money, you know, I can make as much in one month as some of my friends or colleagues or clients or whatever make in a year, you know, that's really depends on how much I work, right? Um, but there are other months where I can make no money, you know, I can make zero. And um, that's specifically around the time of Christmas, the end of the year, uh, the beginning of a new year because it's cold out. People really aren't selling their homes. They're not buying homes. So you see a huge drop across the industry in New York specifically or really any state that does have seasons um, where it does get cold and wet and snowy and stuff like that where professionals will really have to kind of, I don't want to say hibernate their money, but they do. You know, you have to stockpile your money in the good months to make sure you have enough savings where if you do have uh, some slow months and you're not receiving the compensation you're used to, you could survive and pay your bills. Um, so it's this career choice have, has really made me an expert saver. Um, and what I mean by that is, is that if you look at some of the wealthiest individuals in the world, okay, you'll notice that their spending habits are very mediocre in a sense. Okay. Obviously they're driving, you know, quarter million dollar cars and stuff like that because they have millions or billions of dollars um, so they can they have a different lifestyle there's no doubt and I'm not comparing myself to them but you know there is a different lifestyle in that sense but you'll notice that they're very they're very conscious of what they spend their money on um, and what I mean by that is, is that people who are wealthy not rich but wealthy have a a goal and a plan when it comes to budgeting and what they could efficiently spend their money on. So you'll notice people who are wealthy, um, they don't go to a restaurant and order the most expensive bottle of champagne because they know they're gonna pay over retail, 
okay, for that bottle of champagne. They'll go, they'll order a nice bottle of wine, maybe a mid-grade bottle of champagne if they're celebrating something, but they don't flaunt their money in that sense. They don't, they don't spend their money foolish. Um, you know, especially if they're going out and they're ordering, you know, let's say a $400 bottle of Dom Perignon, it's $400 maybe from a liquor store, you know, or a wholesaler, but it's a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars at the restaurant. So they know that for them to maintain their wealth, they can't spend their money foolish. Um, and I've kind of adopted that type of mentality as well when it comes to commission. Um, and and it's funny because when I when I was in my mid twenties and I started doing mortgages, and I told my father, who is actually a retired mason um, from the laborers union. I told him that I'm paid commission. He couldn't wrap his head around it. He was like, why would you, why would you do that? Why would you want to get into a career in which you have no guarantee of income? Um, well, the benefit of that is well, obviously there's a drawback, right? You, it's what I said before. You never know if you're going to make money from one month to another, but you kind of get a good idea after you've been doing it for, um, well, not a good idea, you know, after a certain period of time of doing, you know, what I do. But the good thing about it is, is that you control how much income you earn. So what I mean by that is like, if I know I'm going on vacation, okay, for let's say a week or two weeks, I know that week or two weeks, I'm gonna lose money. And what I mean by that is, is that, you know, some people are like, well, you know, why don't you bring your computer? The thing is, is that you always have to be on. And I usually, even when I'm on vacation, I'm still working at some point or another, right? Um, because I'm running my own business. And the thing is, is that there's, there's, a disadvantage to not sitting at your, you know, computer or networking or, you know, whatever ways I, I you know, actually gain business and earn income. Um, there's, there's a cost of going away or, you know, uh, maybe taking some downtime and the cost could be thousands of dollars if I lose a deal, you know, if I not answer the phone when I usually would or something along those lines, there's an intrinsic cost there. Um, so that's, that's the, the bad thing about doing what I do. But the good thing is that if I work late, let's say I put in 60 hours a week or 70 hours a week and I just, I'm, you know, crushing the phones and calling people and, you know, um, get in touch with, you know, dozens of people that, that month and convert those clients to working with myself and actually doing loans for them. Um, obviously it pays off because, I'm able to make my paycheck what I want it to be, or as little as I want it to be as well, if I want to take time off. Um, so I think what's important about this topic is it, it's really resilience. When I first started working under commission, it, it completely stunk, you know, for the first year, year and a half, I made no money. Um, I think the first year, 2011, when I started doing mortgages, I made under $25,000. And at the time, I had a monthly payment for a living. I had a car payment. Um, I was actually my first job out of college, I was making around 40,000 a year and then converted to a commission only job. And I had a salary, you know, I completely walked away from that. Um, after I graduated college in 2009, 2010, I made about, I think it was like 42,000, something like that. And then in 2011, I made 21,000. Um, and just as a reminder, I actually framed that W-2. I crossed off my social security numbers just for sake of privacy. And I framed it because 
I said to myself, you know what? This is going to be my lesson that I'm teaching myself. There's a cost, right, to educate yourself. And that was my cost. My cost was to really struggle in 2011. And it stunk. I was eating, you know, frozen pizzas for dinner and I would actually only eat half and then the other half I'd bring for lunch. I mean, it was like a nightmare, you know? Um, but it was a very valuable lesson for me because I learned that it's not how much money you make, it's how much money you save. And that's what allowed me to get through it. And then in 2012, um, I had a great breakout year. It was essentially my rookie year, um, you know, because I kind of went on my own in 2012, 2011, I was an apprentice. And in 2012, um, in that same frame photo with my 2011 W-2, I went back to my CPA in 2012, showed her my W-2, and her mind was like blown because I went from, you know, 21 or I, I think it was like 23,000, 21 or 23,000 in 2011 to like 115,000 in 2012. And I bring up these numbers because I put it in my mind that I was going to succeed. And that's the great thing about, you know, um, human determination and motivation. My back was against the wall and I actually gave myself until April of 2012 where I almost backed out of the mortgage industry. I said to myself, and actually my previous manager at the time, I walked into his office and I said, I think it was November of 2011. And I was like, if I don't start making money by April 2012, this is not my career choice. I have to switch gears. And at the time, my game plan was to actually become a financial advisor because I, that's what I always wanted to do ever since I was young. I interviewed as an investment banker um, with some major companies down on Wall Street after college. And I just couldn't take the commute from Westchester County down there, um, especially with the hours. They guaranteed I'd make a ton of money over a period of time, but it was it was it was grueling, you know. And I would essentially not have a family. Um, but um, you know, I gave myself that ultimatum, where I said, if I don't make money by April 2012, there's going to be a problem. And luckily, everything came to a head, and I was able to actually put things together and really make some good money that year. And uh, ever since then, it's just kind of progressed where. Now I am where I am, you know, seven years later, um, I'm happy and proud to help people finance homes, whether it's purchasing or refinancing and it's become a lifestyle. Um, so that's the importance of, you know, why I enjoy being commission based. Um, you have ups and downs. It's a roller coaster. You can make a ton of money. You can make no money. Um, but I think, like I said, the lesson to be learned is it's not how much you make, it's how much you save. And I said that before, um, because if I wasn't a good saver, those months where I make no money, I would be extremely stressed. And I just never, that's the one pressure I can never live with. Um, so that's it. It was just my personal take on how I'm compensated, um, you know, to break it down a little further. My clients never compensate me. The uh, lender I work for actually pays me my commission depending on how much business I bring in. And that's what I tell my clients. I usually have that conversation with each and every client, just letting them know how I'm compensated. So it's completely fair. I'm unbiased when it comes to rates or discount points or any of the fees associated with a mortgage. Um, every lender has their own kind of quirks on what they charge. And um, I think it's important that a client knows, you know, um, how I'm paid and who pays me. And ever since I was early in my career, people were like, well, why do you tell people how you're paid? And I'm like, listen, it's 
I'm gonna see how they're paid when I look at their pay stubs and documentation. It's okay if they know how I'm paid, you know? And I'll even go as far as telling a client how much I'm paid on their deal. Um, and the fact that it doesn't come out of their pocket, they don't care, <laughs> you know? And, and they shouldn't, realistically. I mean, if you're not paying for my services, but you're getting, you know, all-star, uh, you know, concierge mortgage service, what does it matter how much the person's getting paid, you know? That's, that's between them and the company in that sense, you know? So um, I really appreciate you listening to this episode. Hopefully it kind of gave you some insight of how I live my life and the lifestyle um, of someone who works on commission. Um, if you have any questions, as always, feel free to reach out. Please like, share, and uh, I'll see you at episode 15. Have a great day. Thanks for listening.